supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Hey, it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and here we are in October. Wow. That's paranormal in itself. It, it almost is. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, all back together again here in the studio. It's been a while, but uh, we are we are here together. We're here to talk to you about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night. And normally, we're worried about uh, the Red Sox, but... Well, we're worried about the Red Sox right now, but <laughs> at least in terms of today, we don't have to worry about having a game uh, because this is an off day for them. So we get to come on and have a full show during the Halloween season. So trick or treat, definitely a treat. Uh, but uh, <laughs> And if the Red Sox don't get it done over the next uh, couple of games, I think we're going to have plenty of Saturday, October shows coming up. Things aren't looking so good on that front, but hey, they... They've won three in a row before, and they can certainly do it again. So that's the end of sports talk for tonight. Let's move on to the world of the paranormal. And already, you know, we see it every year around this time, but the paranormal and supernatural and horror kind of takes a forefront in people's minds because of the Halloween season. And one of the things that's taking the world by storm is this movie Paranormal Activity. And uh, I just want to let everybody know, uh, my plan was to come on with a... Um, a plea for everybody to go to SpookySouthCoast.com and click on the little widget there to vote for Paranormal Activity because if enough people request it in their in their theater, then once it hit a million people, they were going to release it worldwide. Well, it actually uh, already hit that, and they've already released the, the information, and it will become a uh, nationwide movie release Friday, October 16th, so that's this Friday coming up. If you're local to the... WBSM listening area. Uh, it's already showing in Boston and in Randolph, so you can catch it ahead of that if you want to get out there and see it early. Uh, you can go to paranormalmovie.com to buy tickets online or to find out showtimes. So starting Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, October 16th, it should be you know in the local theaters here, Wareham, New Bedford, Fall River, wherever people. In, within the sound of our voice, go to see movies. And uh, just when you do go to it, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the forum, start a thread there, and just let us know what you think of the film because it's getting a lot of great reviews. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times called it an ingenious horror film. Uh, it's so well made, it's truly scary. And on RottenTomatoes.com, who basically, RottenTomatoes.com, I mean, you've really got to impress them to get a good review out of them, and it's getting a, a 90% uh, approval rating from the, the visitors on that site. So just wanted to get that information out there before we get into tonight's show. We're going to be talking with clairvoyant Kim, Kim Dennis. Uh, she's from Canada, and she's going to share with us her work, uh, how she came about having her abilities, and some of her research into the Lizzie Borden case. She's actually coming back down here to Fall River next weekend, and she's going to be giving a presentation at the Fall River Historical Society. But we're going to talk with her about her research into the Lizzie Borden case. 
she's got kind of a little bit of a unique perspective on it. She's probably made a closer connection with Lizzie Borden than any of the three of us have anyway. And uh, she'll join us in just a few minutes to talk about that. And then coming up in the second hour, we'll open the phone lines up for you to get free readings from Kim. The numbers are 508-996-0500 or toll-free 1-877-996-1420. And that's, you know, this, this is the most important time in this show to have an 877 number. <laughs> you know, when we have those free psychic readings, because that gives people no excuse not to call. They, you know, almost, oh, I don't have a cell phone. I don't have free nights and weekends. It's going to cost me. No, it's not going to cost you anything. We pick up the we pick up the charge one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty, and those are the numbers to call in any time during the show. And of course, SpookySouthCoast.com. That's where you can find the podcast, all the past episodes, and I mean all the past episodes. Sooner or later, our podcast service is going to tell us, "Whoa, whoa, this is too much. You're killing us." But as for right now, that's it still stands. Uh, at least all the ones that are uploaded. And we, we we talked about this over the course of the week, Matt Costa. We've been working on. Making sure that we update the archives uh, for, since uh, we had the little meltdown we had when I was yeah. laptopless for a while. Uh, it, it took us a while to get everything caught up to date, but since then I think we've been doing really well. Yep. Uh, we've gotten everything up, you know, the next day, if not the day after that. I'm surprised in both of us. I know. Uh, and we, then as soon as I get it uploaded, up. yeah, you're updating the archive yeah. on the website. Uh, so we, we're doing really well with that. Now we're focusing on. Getting things working on planetparanormal.com. Yep, that's true. And uh, that's uh, we're a little bit lacking behind in that too, but through slow internet connections and large files <laughs> and file transfers and all kinds of stuff. But we we hope to get that done. We may even enlist some help if need be. We've got our, our army of of willing volunteers. Either way, we'll get it done. Absolutely. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's how we do it, Larry. That's how we do it. You know how I do it. So, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> I remembered for a second we're on radio and I can't say his other trademark catchphrase. Uh. But we are going to work on, on getting that more updated. Uh, and now we see all these, you know, different social networking apps that you can check out. And, you know, my, my wife finally got into the Facebook. I'm still not really that good with it. She broke down. She did. I'm not really that good with it, so I have trouble, you know, getting up there and doing all that stuff. And and MySpace, I think we go on it like once a week now, if that. So we're kind of falling behind. But I, I am trying to get us on Google Wave early for when that comes out. So we'll we'll get involved with that. Uh, let's see. What else? What else do we need to go over? Aha! The big announcement. Later on tonight, we will have the big announcement about our upcoming investigators' night at the Quickishan Club in Fall River. You heard us talk about it. We were here uh, going over it a few weeks ago, and we we went over it in detail, all the evidence that we got out of that place. And we didn't even play it all for you on the air, but it is up on SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to download it there and check it out for yourself. There's video, there's audio, there's uh, Shack Hack audio, there's EVP audio, there's all kinds of good stuff for you to check out and listen to and dissect. And and then you can come and join us and investigate the Quickishan Club for yourself and have the opportunity to maybe capture some of that on your own. We're uh, I'm working on the final details still with the owner, Dan Silva, but we can announce that the date will be, I'll tell you later on. How's that? That's what we call a tease. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for later on. It's, you don't want to give, a, give it away all now. So uh, stay tuned. And I think, 
I got to talk to Dan and make sure that it's okay. But I think we're going to be giving away some tickets to that. Not tonight, but uh, before the event itself. I think we're going to give away a few spots in that investigation uh, because it is Halloween time and we do have our loyal listeners who listen all year round and, and uh, we, we want to make sure that we give people a chance to attend. And it is kind of short notice because uh, it will be uh, coming up just at the end of this month. So we want to make sure that we have a few spots available for people to win. And I, I think I'm going to see if we can do it across both this station and Fun 107 as well so we can get a, a real open window of first-time paranormal experiencers. You know, if we, if we put it out just on this show in a contest format, you get a lot of people who listen to our show who are experienced investigators. You want a cross-section of the public. Right? Exactly. And I, I'd be pretty excited to get some people in there for the first time because I, I think that they'll be pretty pleased with what they come away with. All right. Well, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we will talk to Kim Dennis. You can go to her website, clairvoyantkim.com. During the break, it's also hooked up on SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, we'll talk with her about mediumship, about Lizzie Borden, and we'll also be giving you free readings a bit later on. So stay tuned for more here on this rare October edition of Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. And actually, interesting that you played the Munsters music because uh, Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick, is going to be coming to Fairhaven uh, at the end of the month for a fundraiser for the family of Al Grandpa Lewis. I'm going to be working on a story for it for the newspaper, and uh, when I discuss it with him, I'm going to see if I can get him to come on the show. So, we'll, uh, we'll at the very least, we'll have more information for you uh, coming up next week on that event. But you get to hang out with Butch Patrick and talk about the monsters and all kinds of stuff. So I believe it's going to be a a car show and a party. So uh, we'll let you know more about that next week. Also, I want to take a moment to say hi to the folks in the chat room tonight on SpookySouthCoast.com's video feed. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com and you'll see the Spooky TV logo, click on that, and it'll take you to our Justin.TV feed. And uh, when you're in there, you'll see uh, you can say hi to an Eagles angel, and you can say hi to T-Biz. T-Biz, that's my PlayStation boy. And uh, he's on there chatting. He says it's his first time live, uh, listening to the show live and watching in the chat room. So we say hello to you, T-Biz, and uh, sooner or later... You and I are going to have the same game, and <laughs> we'll take it from there. But right now, we enjoy chatting about whatever it is that we're playing back and forth. So, And uh, if you want to find me on PlayStation, I'll throw it out there. Spooky Tim, that's how you can find me. Matt, do you want to throw out your PlayStation name? Or? Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> it might be against FCC regulations. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll keep it at that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it somewhere on SpookySouthCoast.com. You'll, like you'll have to find it. It'll be hidden? Yeah. 
and now then you'll know it. And, and speaking of your PlayStation name, we'll talk about it later on, but that episode of South Park this week, yeah. classic. <laughs> All right, let's get into the discussion now with our guest, Kim Dennis. Uh, she is a medium, a clairvoyant medium from Canada, and she has done some interesting work into the Lizzie Borden case. We're going to talk to her about all that and more. And uh, her website is clairvoyantkim.com, and it's hooked up on spookysouthcoast.com as well. Good evening, Kim. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh, we're spooktacular, as we say here. <laughs> so uh, I, I have to admit, I, I haven't heard of your work, and I, I haven't uh, been familiar with, with some of your your uh, past appearances on, on radio and television, but just give us kind of an idea about what it is that you do. Well, I am in Canada. Um, I had a TV show up in Canada called Antique Psychic for three seasons. I've been in uh, Calgary Radio doing uh, messages for people probably for the better part of the last 10 years. So I'm a spiritual medium. I channel loved ones, people who have crossed over. Um, for people, they come to me. I do a lot of grief counseling for people. And I also give a lot of insight into what people want to know about what's coming in their life uh, and uh, if it's not something that they want, how to maybe change the direction of their life so they are attracting in what they do want. But probably I'm a psychic for sure, but probably the biggest part of what I do is, is connecting uh, people with uh, souls that have, that have crossed over. And by doing that, you make that connection through the channeling. I do make that connection through the channeling. You know, I think all the information about everything is out there in the universe anyway. You know, I just think that I, for whatever reason, tap, tap into a higher vibration. We all do time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, but I seem to, uh, uh, to be able to do that uh, to, to the extent where I can channel someone's mother or someone's child or whatever, make that connection with them so that they don't feel the loss quite as much, you know, so death, you know, doesn't seem quite as final, you know, especially to somebody who's, uh, who is in the grief process. So, so kind of walk us through it a little bit. I mean, how, how do you channel someone? Is it, is it, well, first of all, how did you first find out that you could do this? It's been a process. You know, I am in my 40s now, but probably the first experience that I can remember, I had an out-of-body experience when I was 13 years old. Um, it was really quick. It was in the afternoon uh, after I came home from school, sort of had a nap on my bed, and boom, you know, uh, I had my first, I guess, astral projection or my, my first out-of-body experience. And that was, the, that was the beginning of almost daily out-of-body experiences for the next 10 years until I was about 20 wow. years old. So you would kind of yeah, just... you know, and I wish you know, I wish I wish I knew more back then, you know, but I wish I had journaled more. So, but I, so I could remember more details. I never did that, but but you know, uh, through those ten years of the off and on out of body experiences, I was shown many different things, you know, on the for lack of a better term, the other side, and primarily, you know, um, some things that happen when we when we die or when we cross over. So when you were having these out-of-body experiences, was it a matter of just, you know, being outside yourself and seeing yourself, or was it actually actually traveling? Both. Actually, it started. I was only 13, so both. It just, at the very beginning, it was just very much of, and it, was, it seemed involuntary. It wasn't anything that I was looking for or thought out, and I would go to sleep, and especially if I napped, what I did, which I did a lot as a teenager, my soul just seemed to slip right out of my body. And for the most part, I think for the first two years, I, I more or less stayed within my bedroom, Ventured out a little bit throughout my home, and then and then was able to at thought think about other people like um, a friend or an aunt or a grandparent or whatever, and was able to almost teleport or something from where I was in my bedroom to that person's to that person and see that person sleeping in their room. That sort of progressed over years. Like I said, I wish I journaled this stuff. You know, to to where I was. I met up with I guess what would be a guide. You know, I think, you know, I don't think we really, I think Spirit Guides is that person that we all have that inner dialogue with. But this was, 
a separate a separate soul who who seemed to to take me to a higher plane at times and show me some of the things I'm sure it's not everything that's for sure but some of the things that happen when we do when we do cross over and we do separate from our from our physical body so and was this kind of the the uh typical well the typical experience that's described by people of having that silver cord tethering yourself back to your to your corporal body or were you just no, free floating I, well, out there yeah, I do. I know personally. I don't remember ever being a cord. I just remember always not having any fear or any doubt that I could come back in. And maybe it's because I had done it so many times. I never had the fear that I was going to die. I did the first time. I remember I was like pulled towards the corner of my bedroom, and I was I was afraid to leave it. But that was the first experience. But after that, I always had this reassurance or this just knowing that I was always going to come back into myself. So how does? But that... I was thirteen at the at the time, and my grandparents, my dad's parents, had had passed away, oh, within the last two years. And my grandma only six months before that, and they both really sort of unfortunately withered in, in nursing homes. And I saw them. I saw them on the other side, and they were old, but they were healthy and they were they were vibrant, you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, my first thought. Well, actually, my first thought was how beautiful this place is. You know, you never worry about anybody on the other side. I've never had such a sense of peace and and love and comfort and everything wonderful. There's no really words to describe it. And second of all, when I saw my grandparents, I thought, okay, we've survived this. <clears throat> Pardon me. This isn't it. You know, we survived. We survived this. And, you know, because you do separate from your physical body, you know, you leave all your, you know, whether you're ill or you're old or you're in an accident or whatever, all that's left behind. So how do you progress then from having these experiences, these out-of-body experiences, to actually being able to control them where you can kind of put yourself into that higher vibration without actually leaving your body? Or do you? Well, it, they just sort of ended. When I was 23, I uh, was expecting my first child, and they stopped. They just sort of stopped as quickly as they came 10 years before. I had them periodically, but there was just sort of a sense of leaving my body and sort of floating about, uh, floating about the room. But they just sort of stopped, and then I really had nothing for the next two years. It was, um, I think I was a sleep-deprived new mother, um, and then when she was about uh, uh, a year and a half old, I went back to work at the bank part-time, and then the intuition phase kicked in. It's like something changed. And, like, I knew everything. I knew stupid stuff, like irrelevant stuff. You know, I'd know, I would think of a person who was a client in the bank, and they'd walk in the door three minutes later. You know, I just, you know, I talked to a girlfriend on the phone, and I knew that she cut her finger that morning, and I knew the name of this person's grandma who died. And, you know, it was just all this sort of all kinds of, all kinds of, really useless information, but I was correct about it all. And the people who were closest to me, like my family and my closest friends, were often commenting on, it was like, what is that? Why do you know that? You know, and um, that sort of, I'm making a long story really short, it got stronger and stronger and evolved probably over the next 10 to ten to 11 years. See, it's interesting uh, hearing your story because a lot of times when we talk to psychics and we talk to them about their abilities, you'll hear them say, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I realized I had this, so I started reading about it, or I did this, and I did that. And it seems, with in your case at least, it, it seems to be kind of uh, tied into, you, you know, your physical self at the time. You know, being a an adolescent girl, and that's when this starts, and then having a child, and that's when something else changes. So it seems no. like it's, it's the physical tied into the metaphysical. It did. Never at any time did I ever think that this is what I would be doing for a living, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, ever, I guess... You know, there's such a limit of, limited vocabulary for this stuff. But I guess I called a natural-born medium, but I never, I never sought out to do this. It was just something that was there. And as I changed and progressed, you know, it, it sort of, it did as well too. I, you know, I, I don't know a lot about other mediums and psychics and stuff. But one thing that I've kind of 
have noticed is that for a lot of them, it has kicked in around adolescence. That is sort of a common and there's a common there's, thread. Yeah, that it there's something in adolescence. Maybe that's when you can start dealing with it on some level. I don't know. That's a bit of a guess. But. Well, I mean, in my, I mean. Looking from my perspective, and, and Matt Moniz here with us, our science advisor, I almost wonder if there's a, a biochemical something that might kick in around that same time, too. Actually, there is. Oh, well, that's what I'm thinking. There's something. There is. And like you said, when I had a child, you know, there was something that changed. Like, it was almost, it was almost as soon as I was expecting her, they stopped. You know, you know what I really do think? I think we all do it. I think we all have out-of-body experiences. I just think we don't remember them. I do. I think we all do. That's that's just my that's my sort of spin on it. Was something that was a little bit of something that I was shown through some of my other body experiences. But for me, they were trying to because I had this was because I was able to channel and was to find that out later on. I think that I was to I was to remember them. So so Matt, you were saying though, you do you think Matt that there is there is something chemical that, that well, I know there is biologically that. Yeah, we definitely start changing because that's when certain glands start producing other hormones, which make us more the gender that we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are very, very powerful hormones, and those change the physical structures of the brain. This is known documented science. We know that this happens. We don't know what happens with every part of the brain when once these things chart, because the brain is the last frontier in uh, biological science in terms of human understanding that we're trying to go through that, we we still don't really know what's going on in the brain, at least chemically. Well, well, not and Kim. I don't want to bog this down too much into a, a scientific discussion, but that does lead to another question I have from Matt. It, now, the pituitary gland that kicks into overdrive during adolescence, right? Correct. It is one it possible? One it, of many. Is it possible that maybe psychic ability is tied into that gland or another that gland? That gland has been looked at uh, by both people of metaphysical as well as uh, the medical field for a number of different reasons. And uh, there's also another gland that is uh, uh, responsible, the pineal, of which controls other parts of the body. Um, hypothalamus is another one in the brain, which is basically your internal thermostat and stuff like that. A number of these uh, glands produce literally thousands of compounds and hormones over, over a very short period of time, especially in adolescence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I work in analytical chemistry. We're dealing with, you know, very sensitive instrumentation. and We still don't know all the chemicals that happen in the brain and what they do. So, so there you go, Kim. It's just glandular. But no, I mean, it, it is fascinating to me that there that there can be a, a scientific tie-in because, like you said, you think that everybody can experience these things, that everybody can be prone to them. It's just not being aware of them. Well, you know, I, I think everybody is like, if that's what you mean, like everybody is psychic to a certain degree. It just comes from a place of intuition. I'm just gifted at it. You know, I think John Edwards said that too. You know, it's just like we can all sing, but we're not all gifted singers. So, I mean, it is it is an ability that's inside of everybody to a certain degree. You know, as females, we can sense danger before it happens. You know, you know. So it's just for me, it's just that I've taken that to a higher level, or it's like being a gifted singer. It's interesting because you make that singer analogy, and I've been thinking in recent years that. My my thinking is kind of strange. I once thought that you either can sing or you can't. Anybody can actually make the noise and you know sing along yeah. with the words, but some people don't have the ability. I think that everybody has the ability to be a good singer. They just need to learn how to do the singing that they can do. Everybody has their voice, and they have to learn oh, oh. how to sing in that regard. And I think maybe with psychic ability, it's the same thing. Everybody can have some degree of this intuition. They just have to learn where it fits into who they are to make it work. Are you a baritone well, or are you a tenor? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. 
that's the inner voice. That's the inner voice, which is the voice of God, or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, that's, everybody has that, you know, that is that, that's, that's that person you have the inner dialogue with, that should be your compass, your guide, and your navigator. Everybody has it, everybody has it. Mine's just, it's like to a higher level where I can actually tap into information about other people and talk to, you know, and sort of directly talk to souls who have crossed over. So, so you started to come down with these instances of intuition and and yeah. things that would pop into your head. But at, at what point did you realize that you could take it a little bit beyond that? Yeah, you know, I um, like I said, it was over like a period of about twelve years. It was just, and it became the more I kind of pushed it away, and then I sort of rationalized that I was the girl with a little bit something extra, and I was a little more intuitive or or whatever. And this one day, I I don't know, I don't know why this day, I my daughter was about four years old, and I I went into uh, this is my second child went into the grocery store one morning and thought about these people that I hadn't seen. They, we lived in another province. I hadn't seen in oh my gosh, about 30 years, and I walked into the grocery store, and there they were standing at the meat counter. It was just, I almost dropped my daughter. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I don't know why then, but I just kind of surrendered, and I said, I don't know what this is, but I said, you need to show me what to do with it, and then things just sort of fall and fell into place after that. It was funny, I don't know if you've ever heard of, you probably have, Rosemary Altia, nobody else here out in Canada has, but she's a medium from England, and I think within a month, she was on Oprah, and she was promoting her book, The Eagle and the Rose. And, I mean, it wasn't my story, but when she started talking about, you know, her experiences and stuff, it was the first time I had ever heard anybody, you know, sort of talk about what had been going on with me. And that was the first time I had an indication that maybe I was a medium or had some psychic, had some psychic ability. Found the spiritualist church in Calgary, went to them, you know, and, uh, you know, just there was a lot of like-minded people there as well, too, and they sort of helped me you know, understand what it was, what was happening with me. And then I started reading books, and I don't know, it just sort of evolved after that. Once I started listening more and giving information to people, the, the readings just sort of evolved after that. So now how do you get from that to the point where you begin channeling? Because we've, we haven't talked to a lot of channelers on this show because, uh, quite frankly, it's it's one of those things where you're 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 taking somebody at their word until, you know, you actually make a connection through it. So... Yeah. It's kind of hard for for me to buy into channeling um, for ninety percent of the channelers that I've seen. But how how did you get into it? I don't know. It just I didn't really get into it. it just came to me. Like I said, I never ever thought this stuff out. I, I you know what? I don't know anything about tarot cards or crystals or none of that stuff at all. I I, I really I really don't astrology. None of that stuff. Like I said, I never thought this out. It was just something that I had, and it was something that developed and. And just as I started picking up information, I started also picking up the names of loved ones who have passed over and, and their connection with them and, and how they passed and what their name was and, and just sort of picking up all kinds of different information. And then it evolved to being able to tell them at some time what they, you know, what the, the, the father was here and, and what they did this morning and that they were watching them and that they were close by, like I said. So I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why, but it just sort of evolved that way and, um, and that's what it evolved into. And I do, like I said, I do a lot of grief counseling. So, and it, it sort of turned into helping people connect with their loved ones so that they still feel them close. So when you're channeling, you're you're actually just bringing in the essence of them. You're not you're not basically you're not allowing them to take you over. You're just bringing oh gosh in, no okay oh no no I'm just having it's just like having a conversation right? just the way I'm, I am with you. No, nobody's taking over my body or anything. Like that. Okay, because I just sort of sit and relax. I you know and I in, in a bit of a meditative state where I just sort of shut off my thinking process. I, I should you know as much as I possibly can and just sort of listen to the information that comes through. 
I should clarify the the ones that I don't believe are the ones that say you know I let I let this person come through me and speak through me. Uh, and, and no, no, I'm not Edgar, I'm not Edgar Casey or anything. I yeah, mean, exactly. I don't know about them, but I don't know. I, that's not me. I, I I start to question when I hear them start trying to talk in accents and and you know use, using uh, dialects that they wouldn't normally use. That's when I start no, to I would just have give my them think out. So yeah, I would have my. Now, so now you have this this ability to to make this connection, and how did you decide to put that to use in in the Lizzie Borden case? In the oh well, what ha- I, I I have a book and I have a CD, and there, um, uh, I put out a book about I guess about six years ago now, and I have a friend who was a writer for a big newspaper up here in Calgary, and she does a lot of writing, and sort of approached me about writing the book. Mm-hmm. And when we were sitting one day, and I was doing some channeling about information about different things. Lizzie Borden had come through, and inadvertently, Donna is her name, uh, the writer of this of this new book. She had been reading an article about Lizzie Borden earlier that morning that was in the paper. Hmm. So she had been thinking about her, not particularly to do with the book, and as we were sitting there, she came through. Lizzie Borden came through. And um, I channeled, uh, Donna quickly took notes and had a tape recorder and channeled uh, a lot of information about her. Um, most of it, that is, uh, if not all of it, is... is um, is available, I guess, through books and stuff like that. But I didn't know anything about her. So Donna sort of took the information and went and researched it somewhat and saw that I was making a lot of connections. And that's how it, that's how it started. Unfortunately, with people like Lizzie Borden and, and, you know, Jack the Ripper and all these, I mean, a soul is a soul. Like, you can, you know, if I can channel your grandmother, I can channel Lizzie Borden, you know, just because they're a celebrity. I mean, a soul is a soul is a soul. But unfortunately, there's nobody that knows any, doesn't, there's nobody out there that knows something that isn't public knowledge, if that makes sense. No, I understand what you mean. I mean, we... You know what I'm saying? So even if I was, you know, it's kind of hard because even if I was getting information that, you know, that nobody knew about, who, who's going to verify this was, you know, this was the late 1800s, everybody is, everybody is dead or is passed over, or anything that was ever known about her is on the internet, I guess, and in books. So, But it was quite interesting. She came through and... um um, came through time and time again when when Donna and I were sitting together, and uh, as Donna verified the information, the reporter that she is, you know, um, and some of it she had to do quite a bit of digging, you know, um, sort of uh, led us to go on a trip to to Massachusetts last summer. We went uh, we went to Salem as well too, which was a lot of fun, and stayed uh, a night in the Lizzie Borden house. And what, at least in your initial channeling of Lizzie, what were some of the things that were coming through? What were some of the things that she was she was bringing um, up in that discussion? Well, just um, sort of some details about about what had happened that night. I first of all had a feeling right away that she had done it, mm-hmm. and my strongest feeling was was that the the or the piece of evidence that should convince people, and I don't know if this is true or not. Um, I'm going back, like I said, next week. Um, is that the timeline that the, the the gap of time between when she killed her stepmother and when she killed her when she killed her father, and that nobody else was in the house at that time, except maybe the maid, and uh, she sort of led me to believe that because of that timeline that it couldn't have been anybody else. But she had sort of showed me just some obvious things about abuse. I didn't know that she had a younger sister that had passed over, and I I, I remember when I was traveling to Fall River, I kept getting a name. I think it was Alice. I can't remember right now because I f- kind of forget my readings. Mm-hmm. And later found out that she did have a, that she did have a sister. I always still thought that she had a half brother as well, and there was a name that came forward, and I'm not getting it right now. But uh, Donna was able to verify that that was that that was true. Um, just what she had done with the axe. It's funny when we were traveling. 
there, I, we didn't know what the inside of the house would look like, and we didn't know what it looked like now. That was one thing we did not know. We did not know. There was no way to look that up, I guess. And I was able to see every room on the main floor and that they had a, uh, where they had a counter, where they had a, um, uh, what it looked like, the color of the wood, that there was a window there. If you looked up there, that there was a fruit tree. And I had a feeling that that's where the axe was, because I guess they never recovered the axe from the, from the murder. And as it turns out, when we went to the house that night, I, the kitchen was exactly how I described it. So it gave me some incentive that it was her as well, too. And the, I guess that area out by that kitchen window was the only area they didn't search for whatever reason. Well, and when you did... I mean, visit, I think it's been dug up since then. I mean, over 100 years. But. When you did visit the house, uh, did did she make a connection with you while you were there? She sure did, yes. So we went in, we, we, had, we sort of sat down with the ladies that... One that owned it, and some of the ladies that worked there, and um, you know, she uh, she came through. First of all, one of the ladies that worked there had lost her father to lung cancer, and he came through loud and clear. So that was good. He gave, came through his name, his condition, and, and quite a bit of information about herself. So it sort of got them on board with me. You know, it sort of showed them what I could do. So I was really grateful for that, for that connection. And then she did. She started to to to. Uh, she did come through. We went down in the basement. She showed me sort of step-by-step step what she what she had done after she had committed the murder, just how she had cleaned things up. I knew where walls were that weren't there before. Um, one thing that I guess that they said wasn't public knowledge, but don't hold me to it, was that I picked up that she had a lazy eye, and I guess she did. She did as well, too. Hmm. Uh, stuff, something about her pet birds and about cats, and really just where the sink were, where hoses were, uh, where walls were, um, where there were hooks before, where there weren't now, what used to be hung up, so... She was really doing quite well trying to show me little pieces of information that that maybe, you know, maybe weren't public knowledge. It's interesting. It was good. The people that worked there, sorry to interrupt you, the people that worked there were really freaked out. One, one just sort of ran out and, and ran upstairs. She said she couldn't take it anymore. Well, and they, they work there and sleep there all the time. <laughs> they do. And they do it. <laughs> so do we. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah we, we've, so do we. Yeah, I know. I want to, I know I'm, I'm looking forward to, to coming back next next week because it wasn't long enough. We only spent one night there and because we came in from Calgary. We didn't get there till like 9.30 at night. So this all start, happened late at night and we sort of had to be early the next day. But. Now, we're uh, we're frequent visitors to the to the house. Uh, we're it's amazing. Don't you love it? visitors. I got my own key. We've, yeah, <laughs> we've, we've been there numerous times when it's I'm just ourselves. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I know. I just. I, and I. Hey, you know what? Honestly, I slept in the room where um where the mother, the stepmother, was was murdered and had the best sleep ever. So I was set <laughs> like, like the bed. I didn't feel anything. Everybody looked at me the next morning when I came down to the breakfast, and I was like nothing. I was like nothing happened. I slept. I said, "Oh, what you guys were expecting? I guess they were expecting her to visit me in my dreams or something. I don't know. It was funny." Well, we are talking with clairvoyant Kim Dennis, and you can check out her website, clairvoyant Kim. Dot com. If you'd like to find out more, we can also take phone calls. We'll do some readings a little bit later on in the show, but for right now, if you have any questions about Kim's abilities and about how she came to have them and about Lizzie Borden in that case in general, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. You can also email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. We can get those right here in the Spooky Studio. But uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that you made this connection and you were getting all these details, a lot of it to me seems like it's just minutia of her life. And whereas everybody else that goes in there, you hear these stories about, oh, as soon as I walked in, Lizzie came to me and told me who really did it. Lizzie came to me and told me what happened. Lizzie came to me and told me she was abused by her father. 
And, and it, it, you know, go ahead. Sir. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I know. It's just I don't think I don't think the whole thing is really all that complicated. You know, I don't think it it, it was that that she did it and um, sort of the reasons why that she did it. I also picked up. I know another thing that I picked up, and I don't know if this is written anywhere. Is that she lost her mother quite young, which of course is public knowledge, but I don't think she was ever right because of it. I think that's sort of where um, her depression set started or set in. And, you know, nothing stays the same. It either gets better or gets worse. And just think of the 1800s as well, too. So she had this severe abandonment issue. And I think she was showing me that that's where, I don't want to say mental, I guess I don't want to say mental illness, but that's where her depression started. Well, and I just think over the years and with other abuses, and I, I don't think it was very pleasant to live in that house. It didn't feel like to me for her. You know, I think that that's where... That's that's why she snapped. There, there's so many different theories, and I mean, we can go all the way back to you know Victoria Lincoln's uh, original idea that she might have been uh, what was it epileptic, and and there's been <laughs> reports of her having uh, multiple personalities, and just so many people yeah. have, have taken it in different directions. And yeah, I don't think so. I think she, um, her mother died when she was really young, and she sort of showed just what she showed me is that. She was never right because of that. She had an abandonment issue. She was too young to to realize that her mother had died. She just knew that she was gone. And um, um, and I think she was raised by her older sister or whatever, but I, I, it just feels like she was depressed. She had an abandonment issue and and was depressed ever since that point. And it was just the abuse and neglect, I guess, in her childhood or whatever. This was, I, she snapped. She just, she snapped. She went over the edge. Now, she's not... I also thought that she had contemplated it once before. I sort of had that feeling, so that she had contemplated it once before. And I don't, I can't remember if it wasn't that the, the circumstances didn't line up or, or whatever. But. Hmm. Very interesting. It, yeah. It's it's not like uh, her spirit too is the only one that's believed to be in that house. Uh, there's numerous other spirits that seem to congregate in that home. Did you pick up on any of those while you were there? I did. I did somewhat. I think I picked up the spirit of her sister as well, too, and I think one of her parents that might have been her mother. But this is the thing. Like, I think they walk with us all the time, mm-hmm. right? You've got a science guy there. You know, we're all made up of energy. You know, you can't create a story. It can only change form. That's all we do, you know, just the way when you conceive a child, you know, that the, when the soul and the physical body match up, you know, and travel together. And then in death, I guess, you know, they, they separate. They just They just change form. So they're with us all the time. So my belief is, is that when you do think about them, no matter who they are, whether it's like your father or your your brother who passed or Lizzie Borden or whatever, it's like sending a text message almost because it's energy. It draws them in. They're aware that you're thinking about them. That's why they can still feel the love you have for them as well, too. You know, they know when you're thinking about them. So just like going to a cemetery, you know, they don't hang out at cemeteries. I mean, there are, there are souls and entities that are there, but they don't hang out there. But when you go out to a cemetery to visit a loved one, you know, they're going to be there as well, too, because you are automatically thinking about them, and they're aware of that. They get that message. Like It's like connecting with a prayer. And, and so, you know, so that's how they know if you're leaving flowers for them or whatever it is that you're doing for them when you're out there. And, and, I'll, and what you do is you're able to be that conduit for them, that voice for them. You know, to, that to, voice for them, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, so that they can, you know, bring whatever message they want for it. I mean, most of my work, the heart of my work, you know, it's having some parent that's come through that's lost their child or, or, you know, somebody who's lost their husband or whatever, you know, and, and for them to be able to come through and make a connection and, and, and talk to them, you know, I mean, it can, it can really facilitate a lot of healing. You know, it sort of makes that gap between life and death, you know, not so, not so much. It narrows it, I guess you could say. 
Well, we hear from the skeptics all the time that say, well, people who do that are just preying on people's grief and, you know, they're just trying to use their grief as a way to, to make money. And the way I look at it is it doesn't matter if, if a medium is making a connection with somebody, as long as the person is able to get by that grief in one way or another, it's no different than if you have to go for Wait, grief counseling. Well, it is. Just that you're paying for the same thing. Look, you know what? Everybody who leaves my place feels better than when they come in. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's, I just, I go by feeling, I don't think about this stuff, it's a feeling universe, right? You hear that all the time. You know what, it feels good when I do it. You know, it, it, the information always comes through. You know, it, the person always feels better when they leave, so it's gotta be a good thing. You know, if I think about things too much, then I don't know. I should be working at the bank, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, the, the one good thing about having these abilities uh, working in a bank is at least you can know ahead of time if it's going to get robbed. <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny you say that because I was talking about this the other day. It's funny you should say that. You must be psychic yourself. But, you know, there was lots of times because the bank that I worked at was inside a mall. So I guess they're prime, prime banks to sort of get robbed. And ours did get frequently, nothing violent or anything, but mm-hmm. it did frequently. And every often it would be at my wicket, but I wasn't working that day or I didn't come in until later on because of my kid or whatever. But I always just seemed to dodge that every time. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it's probably for the best then because, you know, you would have been able to, uh, you, you would have probably gotten a feeling about that customer and not known how to, how to relate it. You know, you can't. It's well, I wouldn't. Can... Can, no, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. But it's funny, you know. For as many times as we did have robberies in that in that branch, I um, I was not only was I never robbed, I was never in the bank when it was robbed. Hmm. Although when I was pregnant, once I did set the alarm off with my stomach, but that had nothing to do with being a, <laughs> being a psychic. <laughs> but no, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, it it just seems like uh, as people are realizing that uh, these abilities are more uh, prevalent than we thought they were. Yeah. And it's it's not yeah. all just the the lady at the flea market with the, the black curtain and the crystal ball. Well, I don't know about her, but you know what? This is the other thing, too. Almost everybody, if not everybody who comes to me has had some experience with the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Almost everybody has had a dream about somebody who's passed over, you know, has turned around and, you know, maybe caught a, a, a brief moment, you know, when they've lowered their vibration, you know, their grandmother at the foot of their bed or they had a, you know, all this happens all the time. You had a feeling something was going to happen and then it did. Or I don't know. Almost everybody's had something, has had some experience with the other side. I, I think it's more common than not. I just think we're open, more open now to, to talking about it. We're not so scared about it. That's what I try to do. I try not to. I, what I talk, one of the other things I should do is try to take, you know, the scariness out of this stuff that it isn't scary. So you can feel more comfortable with your, with, with the people who have, like I said, I'm a crossover change form. There's such a, a limited vocabulary for this stuff. But I hate the word death because it, it sounds so, it sounds so final. You know, we, we revere birth, you know, or conception as this incredible miracle, you know, death or whatever. It's the same miracle. We just look at it differently. Well, I, I think the idea of, uh, of death is, I don't think it has to be final. I, I just think it's got that final connotation. If, if we could give it more of a connotation of transition, then it wouldn't seem That's like it. such a transition. bad word anymore. Absolutely. And when you do look at it that way, you know, you don't feel, it doesn't seem to anyway, you don't feel that loss or that disconnection quite as quite as much. I mean, you can't bring anybody back. But, but it's sort of the next best thing, I guess. No, not that Canada is that much different than the United States, but... 
you know, here here we have more than our fair share of of people operating with psychic abilities and and having shops and metaphysical stores and and all things like that going on in your neck of the woods. How how is it in in terms of the the general community? Are there you know psychics for hire? Are there signs out on people's doors that say that they you know that they do that they have these abilities? That's a good question. Well, probably not as much as down there. I don't think. I'm in Calgary. I'm in the west. Well, of, uh, Calgary, yeah, you've got a different mindset anyway because you've got more still of that pioneer kind of mindset there. A lot of rednecks. <laughs> a lot of great people. <laughs> you but, said that, not but, me. Yeah, no, but a lot of great people. A lot of no, I mean, I I, uh, I have a great following, like I said in 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 Calgary, and I don't know, like I am from Toronto, but I don't. I, there's not a lot of a lot of card readers, and there's a lot of new age shops and. Probably not as much as down in the down in the U.S., but there's a lot of card readers and psychics and stuff, but not a lot of people who, who sort of do the channeling that I do. And there's a lot less faith healers because you have much better health care up there. And you, don't, <laughs> you don't need to have faith. <laughs> you don't need to have faith. You just need a card. <laughs> So now, what is what's the uh, what's the plan for when you come down next weekend? Now you're giving a lecture with the Fall River Historical Society. Is that the I plan? am through the Fall River Historical Society, and I can't remember the name of the place. See how bad I am, but it is on it's on their website, and it's also on my website at clairvoyantkim.com. So I'm just going to talk about. I mean, this thing. I'm, I'm hoping it will be compelling, but I'm sort of talking about it after the fact, I guess, unless she comes through when I'm doing the doing the talk or whatever. But I guess it's about a half hour talk, and then half-hour question and answer, and I'm opening to doing a little bit of channeling outside of the, the Lizzie Borden realm, if that's, if that's okay with everybody, too. So well, I'm looking forward to it. I wanted to come back. It's funny. I had a feeling it was I was going to come back for Halloween. Well, and as it turned out, I was invited back by the Fall River Historical Society to come back. So, so now, just to get a little bit on the inside here, they actually contacted you and invited you to come in and, and, and give this presentation? Well, yes. Oh, I should say, when I was there in the fall, we went to visit Michael Martins at the Fall River Historical Society, and we spent uh, an hour and a half or two hours with him. It was really great. And um, he's got the, the museum there, which is really wonderful, and uh, um, sort of talked to him, and and um, he phoned and invited me back in, and I said, you bet. Can I just point out, Matt Moniz, uh, how... Uh all of a sudden, the Fall River Historical Society is starting to take uh, more of a shine to this paranormal stuff after all. Oh, well, it also being October and it suits their fancy. Yeah. They, 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 haven't, they haven't had the greatest track record of acknowledging this aspect of the case uh, in the past. So that's why I'm Well, re- that's good. Yeah, I'm really that's interested that they're making this, this switch in, in their mindset anyway. Well, I think it's because I spent some time with him and he got to know me a little bit. Oh, so have we. And, uh, <laughs> what's that? So have we. Yeah, we we've we've been there too. It's they, I don't know. Maybe it's easier for them to 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 buy into the the psychic aspect of things. But the 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 ghost stuff, they've got their hands off that more or less. Um, the actual haunting aspect of it. Um, and, and sure, I do too. I mean, I don't. I mean, I do too. I mean, you know, that's the whole thing. You know what? This is so the funny part too. You know, people all the time are saying, "Oh, you know, I wish you could feel my dad around, or my mom around, or my grandma, or whoever." And I'm like, "Okay, well." You know, put that thought out there. Put that thought out there that you want. You want to. You want a sign from them. You want a connection. And anybody can do this. And then release that thought. You know, and then they start feeling things and hearing things and things happening. Then they think their house is haunted. You know. Well, I'll, so, I'll, I mean, I'm glad you've had good experiences at the house, but I can tell you, not all the spirits that are at that house are good. Yeah. Um, I think you've either just been lucky, or maybe the bad ones know to stay away from you. 
because... Well, about lack, and I believe a lack, but I'm probably well protected as well, too, and mm-hmm. I sort of going there just wanting to not... I, I don't expect anything bad to happen either because I... Look, I talk to dead people for a living, so I don't scare that easily, and I don't ever expect anything bad or anything negative. Whereas a lot of people go in there because there was a murder that took place, they're expecting something negative and they're expecting expecting something bad to happen. I don't see her because I do this work. I don't see her as a as a, a different soul than anybody else. Like I said, that I'm channeling. So I guess there's probably something in that positive expectation. That I, I'm sure Lizzie's fine. It's the it's the other thing that's there that I don't I don't uh, particularly like. What other thing? Oh, we're up against the news break. <laughs> What's that? We're up against the news break right now. Oh, are we? Okay. <laughs> we can definitely get more into this in the second hour, but uh, yeah. I'll tell you stories that might make you have you uh, canceling your plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It takes a lot to scare me, to rattle me, but uh, give it your best shot. All right. Well, we'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. Uh, we'll also open the phone lines up so you can get a reading with Kim Dennis. Check out our website, clairvoyantkim.com, during the news break if you want to find out more. And the information is there about the lecture coming up at the Fall River Historical Society. We're coming back in just a bit. We're going to do our new segment, The Week in Weird. We'll make the big announcement about the date for the Quickashan Club Investigators Night. And we'll talk about that episode of South Park because everybody in the paranormal community is talking about it. So we might as well, too. We'll be back with all that and more in just a bit here on Spooky South Coast. We're stuck in an elevator? No! Uh, wrong! Spooky South Coast is back. I All right, welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. And we are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. We had a great first hour talking to our guest, Kim Dennis. Check out her website at clairvoyantkim.com, and it's also linked up on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com as well. And uh, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, you'll see if you go to the website right now, they still have the we still have the demand it button up there for paranormal activity. But uh, that has kind of been rendered moot in the last few hours because Paramount Pictures has announced that they will release that film to widespread release, nationwide release, beginning Friday, October 16th. But uh, it is in the Boston area right now, and it is in Randolph. So if you want to try and catch it between now and then, there's your chance. Uh, we also talked earlier about the Investigators Night at the Quickishan Club, and we'll announce right now that that date will be October 25th. Sunday, October 25th. Why? Because the Patriots are in London, so I don't have to go to the game. Uh, so we will have the uh, the Investigators Night at the Quickishan Club I'm still working out the details with the owner of the club, Dan Silva, but I can tell you that uh, we will have, I believe it's 50 spots open, 50 spots for people to, to come in, and they'll be $50 a piece. So 50 tickets, $50 a piece, and that's all I think we're going to be able to let in because I think beyond 50, we might be getting too many people in there uh, comfortably. Comfortably, and also uh, I think it has something to do with the fire marshals. 
planes. I think we they've got a capacity of uh, about 200 in the main dining room. So I think we we could expand it beyond 50 if if necessary. But I'm just trying to think of what we can keep under control as a crowd and still be accessible for everybody to answer questions. It is a big place. He could fit 50 in there without too much uh, effort. And uh, we just we ask that. Uh, you know, if you are a seasoned investigator and you want to come along and investigate, there will be some first-timers, some newbies alongside as well. So please help out, lend a hand, answer some questions. The idea behind these investigators' nights is to bring people together who have experience in the paranormal and people who don't have experience but want to get experience and want to maybe just experience it for themselves for the first time. So we like to bring these people together, bring together, make a little community out of these people, which is what we like to do here. And when we bring investigators and non-investigators together, we find every time we've done it so far, it's worked out extremely well. It gives the investigators a fresh new perspective on things that they might not have thought of before, and it gives those who don't have experience a chance to learn at the feet of somebody who know what they're doing. So it'll be October 25th at the Quickashan Club in Fall River. It's uh, right on North Main Street there. It's easy to get to. Again, tickets are going to be $50. They're going to be limited to 50 people. And if you would like to get on board before we actually have everything formally finalized and, and announced, and we'll put something up on the website where people can sign up. But for right now, uh, if you want to get involved, please email me, tim at spookysouthcoast.com, and let me know, especially if you're a paranormal group and you're going to need multiple spots. You definitely want to get a hold of me now so that we can make sure that we can accommodate you. Um, and this is hopefully the first of many events that we're going to do there. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can... You know, keep it going for the Quickishan Club because it's good for them because on a night when they otherwise might be closed, it'll bring them some business. And for investigators, it gives you the chance to get in and check it out. And this way here, you know, it, we can help them maybe learn a little bit more about their paranormal history. I think Dartmouth Anomalies Research Team has done a great job uh, getting the ball rolling, letting them know that there's activity going on, documenting the beginning of, act of that activity. I know that Eric and his group, they're going to be in there uh, numerous times in the future uh, gathering more evidence. But at the very least, each time we go in there, if we get one more little piece of the puzzle, one more piece of the story, then we can kind of put together a complete picture. And if you want to find out what we got, what Dart got, what Whaling City Ghost got when we went there last time, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, and you'll find the evidence there as well. So uh, that being said, now I guess we should get to this uh, episode of South Park. Uh, we've all had a chance to see it here in the studio, and hopefully most of you uh, who are listening to the show have had a chance to see it. When I found out that they were doing a paranormal-themed episode, my, I had two thoughts. One, it's about time. And two, it's going to be ridiculous. And I was definitely right. <laughs> On both parts. Matt Moniz, what were your thoughts as you were watching it? Uh, in between the fits of laughter rolling on the floor. <laughs> uh, I I got to watch it again because I missed so much of it because I was laughing so hard. Uh, I mean, it, these people these people are friends. So watching these people getting parodied is just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was more than humorous. And uh, and for those who haven't seen it, 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 it basically involves uh, Ike. The, the character of Ike sees the ghosts of all the celebrities who have passed away this past summer, and uh, they call in the ghost hunters to help them out. And and Matt Cost, I remember uh, I I saw it before you did, and I was trying not yeah. to spill the beans about everything that happened. But uh, Chipotle, <laughs> yeah, Chipotle. <laughs> 
I think uh, I think I have to watch it again to see because I think I missed a couple of these celebrities. I'm not sure exactly who they were. Especially at so, the end when they were all sitting yeah. on the plane. Yeah, yeah, it was some of them I wasn't I sure. I didn't realize first. how many actually died. It is amazing. This year. Yeah, just yeah. this summer they was. Right. I, I look. They are people who died this past summer. Um, but I, I think Jason and Grant definitely took the the biggest skewering. Uh, of the celebrities. <laughs> Although Billy Mays. <laughs> Although it was, it was extremely respectful to the ghost of Billy Mays, actually. That's but, right. uh, Jason and Grant did take a good skewering. And Matt, you said that you were in contact with Jason. Oh, I well, said a uh, text message uh, just after the uh, show was done. It was like, you know, you've made it when you've been lampooned by South Park. <laughs> it really is a sign of, you know, and it, it's funny that, uh, you know, even 10 years into this show now, we're, we're still laughing about it and, and uh, there's been a few episodes that I've watched recently after not watching it for a number of years. There's been a few that I've watched recently that have just been really dead on. And they've hit their stride at skewering pop culture and, and, and really poking fun at it. And it was only due that the paranormal would get their shot. And they just kind of scratched the tip of that iceberg. Um, there's there's much, much more in the paranormal world that could be parodied. <laughs> oh. But if we can't laugh at ourselves, then, you know, they're going to laugh at us. So... Most of us laugh at us anyway, yeah, we might including well, ourselves. We might as well just be in on the joke. Well, speaking of jokes, we'll crack a few of them as we bring you what we like to call... Hit it, Matt. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today. It's a wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> The Week in Weird. Alright, our first Week in Weird story. Well, it's not that weird, but there's a little weird twist at the end. I guess having a funeral for a guy who died over 100 years ago is probably a little weird. This is from ABC News. The original goth Edgar Allan Poe is finally getting a proper burial only 160 years after his death. The hard-drinking writer-poet died on October 7th, 1849, four days after he was found walking the streets of Baltimore, broke, catatonic, and wearing someone else's clothes, uttering his final words, Lord, help my poor soul. Despite being super famous at the time, his cousin didn't actually tell anyone about his death, so only a handful of people turned up to the original funeral, and the priest didn't even give a sermon. Uh, but coming up tomorrow, Baltimore plans to make amends by giving him a proper send-off. A life-size recreation of Poe's body will be carried on a horse-drawn cart from his home to the Westminster Burying Ground. Two ceremonies will be held for the almost 1,000 admirers who have come from all over the world to see it. So, it's, it's nice. They're giving him the proper send-off that he deserves. Here's a little weird thing that I, I didn't realize. Uh, speaking to Empire Magazine, Sylvester Stallone revealed that he's interested in a long-gestating biopic on Edgar Allan Poe. Stallone wants to get it done and done right. He's conscious of the demands of such a role, and he recognized that, passion project or not, this might not be the vehicle for him to headline. Of course I'm not playing Poe, he told Empire. Yo, Poe, it wouldn't work. It'll be some actor because he dies at 39, but it is going to happen. So I've heard a lot of people clamoring for an Edgar Allan Poe movie in the past because the story of his life and especially of his death is so weird and so different. Um, I'm just going to throw it out to you guys. Possible casting, Edgar Allan Poe, any thoughts? Carl Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> He can pull it off, Yeah, actually. probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Moniz, do you have any suggestions? 
Oh, God. That that would be a tough role to fill. It, it definitely would be. I can tell you now, I don't have any suggestions of who I think would be the guy to do it, but I can tell you who will be the name that's most attached to it. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I guarantee you, like, as soon as this movie gets rolling and... and I could see Depp pulling that off. Yeah. I, I, I I definitely think he could he could handle the role, but you just know his name will be attached to it, whether or not he actually gets involved with it or not. But that would just be uh, that would probably be the most fitting person I can think of. Right well, now. after Sweeney Todd, yeah, there's not much more of a, <laughs> a lead for him, I would think. And uh, it, I just worry about what it would be like for the people who are around him while he's filming that movie because he is a method actor. Okay. So. All right, Matt Costa, what do you have for us? Uh, Computer hacker Gary McKinnon has been refused permission to appeal to the Supreme Court against extradition to the U.S. on charges of breaking into Pentagon's military networks. The high court, which has turned down his extradition challenges, decided the case did not raise points of law of the general public importance, a prerequisite of being able to pursue a case at a higher level. Mr. McKinnon, 43 is wanted for, tri- wanted for trial in the U.S. on charges of hacking into the country's military networks. He was arrested in 2002 after American prosecutors accused him of hacking into computer systems belonging to NASA and the U.S. military and sabotaging, sabotaging them af- in the aftermath of 9-11. Um, the, they claim his actions caused hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. However, Mr. McKinnon says that the motivation for his unauthorized use of sensitive networks was was to find information on UFOs held, held by the U.S. government, and his supporters have said that it's just an obsession that went too far. He claimed he claims that he wants he wanted to find evidence of reverse engineering that the U.S. had captured UFOs, and was making use of the technology they found, including anti-gravity and free energy. He also claimed to have uncovered evidence of American military personnel working in space, although he had failed to keep any evidence. Mr. McKinnon's lawyers said that he would now, they would uh, now consider applying the, for European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg. So no luck for him yet. Yes. But yeah, it's an interesting story, nonetheless. I think he should have just went through the proper channels and tried to get some information. Freedom of Information Act. Okay. Uh, which which would be a little difficult considering he's a, a British citizen and we're, you know. Okay, that's America. true. <laughs> Touche money. Carry on. <laughs> okay, I got something from the BBC News. Conspiracy theories are pervasive and popular. <laughs> In 2006, Scripps Howard poll suggests 36% of Americans suspected government involvement or deliberate inaction in the 9-11 attacks, and belief in Kennedy conspiracy ran at a 40% rate in the same poll. A decade after Princess Diana's death, one survey found that a fifth of Britons believe she was murdered. And to millions across the world, 2009's Apollo moon landing's 40th anniversary was a hollow sham because we have never been there. Conspiracy theories uh, predate the Internet, but the web has provided a fast, accessible platform for groups to unite, gather, research, and disseminate information without ever meeting or leaving their houses. 
while many people find that uh, the, these are all harmless fun, others believe that there is a darker truth, that the conspiracy theories are rewriting history, warping the present, and altering the future. Enough is enough, they say. It's time to fight back. Enter the skeptics with the gathering of the Amazing Meeting, or TAM, in London. The first of a conference outside of the U.S., uh, a fundraising offshoot of the nonprofit James Randi Educational Foundation, TAM in London saw scientists, writers, and comedians targeting conspiracy theories and their close cousins, pseudoscience and medical quackery, in front of an audience loosely allied by their desire for more rational, critic, rational and critical thinking. Randi's foundation was established in 1996 to help debunk paranormal and pseudoscience claims, but his Paranormal Challenge Prize dates back to 1964 when the skeptic offered $1,000 to anyone who could prove the paranormal was real. Donations swelled the booty to more than a million dollars, but no applicants have passed the preliminary tests. With more events like the amazing meeting on tap for the future and with more skeptics fighting back, it looks like as much as the Internet is going to be uh, pervaded with conspiracy theories, it may also ultimately be the battleground where they are proved or disproved. Huh. Hmm. I gave that to you because I know how you like skeptics, and I figured if they were all together in one room, it would make it easier for you. <laughs> now, I don't mind skeptics. What I don't like are cynics. Skeptics are fine. Skeptics at least have are, by definition, have an open mind are, and are critical of you know information without it being verified. Cynics, on the other hand, that cloak themselves under the name of skeptics, I have no use for. Well, at the very least, though, I, I am thinking about what that story uh, is suggesting. And it's, it's kind of just glossed over a little bit there in the introduction of it. But these conspiracy theories are rewriting history. In some cases, yeah. Especially where people are learning more of their information from the Internet instead of actually cracking open books, history books. You know, when we need to do our history homework, now we don't have to read the textbook. We can just look it up on Wikipedia, which is, you know, yeah. about yeah. as accurate <laughs> as most of the stuff that we read during this Week in Weird segment. So, <laughs> but it is something that we could definitely explore for a future topic of this show is conspiracy theories, how they help and how they hurt. And in all due fairness, there have been some things that have come out on the Internet that have shown certain conspiracies have some legitimate basis. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Unfortunately, there's no filter in the uh, in the net other than your own belief systems. You know, there, there's no way to really, I mean, unfortunately, that's, Internet is still new. Thank you, Mr. Gore, right? And <laughs> well. He's got his own conspiracy theories too, but our <laughs> we're ruining the environment. We can get hey, we can get political here too, but we're not going to. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to join up with Kim Dennis once again, and we'll take live readings. Would you like to have a reading over the phone? Would you like to find out what your future holds? Would you like to make a connection with a loved one who passed on? Now is the time to do it. The phone numbers are five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. 1-877-996-1420. Give us a call. We'll pick up the charge for that. 
toll-free. You can't go wrong. It's not going to cost you anything except a few minutes of your time. So we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Sorry, I, I, I didn't come in quick enough. That's all right. After I did that really great outro from Hour 1, patted myself on the back for it, and then I missed a, missed a bumper in. So. I like how we make up our own radio terms for all this stuff, too. Like, we have no idea what the actual industry terms are. We just make up our own stuff and go with it. That's fine. That's fine. We're revolutionizing the radio industry, so it doesn't matter. They're all going to follow our lead. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast, where pretty soon everybody will talk about the paranormal all the time on your radio, but right now we're doing it each and every Saturday night for you, and we're going to be here as much as we can through the month of October for you, leading up to the Halloween season, and uh, hey, if you want to get a chance to come out and meet us and investigate alongside with us, uh, October 25th, the Quickishan Club in Fall River, details to come, but email me if you want to get on board, tim at spookysouthcoast.com. Uh, there's only going to be 50 spots at $50 a piece, so you want to make sure that you get on board early. This place is great. Even if you're not going to come and investigate with us, become a member because it's just it's a great place. All right, well, we Good are – food. <laughs> oh, yeah, great food. Try the pizza. And dances, the prime ribs even better. So uh, we are going to be taking calls. Now we have Kim Dennis with us. She is a clairvoyant medium from Canada. She's coming back to Fall River next weekend. She's going to be giving a presentation at the Fall River Historical Society. You can find out more about it on her website, clairvoyantkim.com. It's also linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. We're going to take calls now until the end of the show. For all the listeners who want to get a reading, the numbers are 508-996-0500. 18779961420. We've already got the lines lit up and uh Kim you were saying we were talking during the break there yeah. and you said that you were already making some connections and you, I would yeah just me too I was sitting here in the dark um uh just sort of doing some meditating and was really making a strong connection it felt like one of the fellows there had a father who was passed away and uh just was really really uh really anxious to make a connection you said one of the gentlemen had is that right Yeah so is that correct That is correct yeah, okay, you just tell me yes or no. That's all I need to know. Um, anyways, your dad is just really anxious. It just feels like he's right in my ear and wants you to know that he's here and just wants you to know that he loves you very, very much. Now, he had his hand on his chest. That could be love, but I don't know. Maybe he passed away from something to do with his lungs or his heart or whatever. Um, um, he, he tells me that you think about him all the time, and I think you get lots of, of fleeting thoughts about him, so just watch those because those are that's his way of letting you know that he's right there, that he's right there with you. Uh, really, it feels bad that he never told you that he was proud of you, and he just wants you to know that he that he is. So I think you've dreamt about him. I think you have, and I think you have more than once. So I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, just watch your thoughts of him because he said he's often trying to let you know that he's, that he's right there with you. There's a young guy with him um, who passed away, and it looks like he had an accident. He had a trauma passing of some kind, so some sort of a vehicle accident. And uh, I had a quick thought of, of a grandfather that was there as well. So don't know if it was your dad's dad or not. But uh, I have a feeling that maybe there was a grandfather you didn't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But I was just sort of picking up all those people. But your dad was the primary one. Just wanted you to know that he's. Uh, yeah, I guess that he's very that he's very very close to you. Okay. Uh, number yeah. number one, he died of a pulmonary edema, which was a blood clot that went through his heart and lodged in his lungs. That's okay. That, great. That's how he died. Oh, not great. But- 
uh, he also um, had his biological father died uh, when he was about 14, 15, so I never got to know him. Okay, bingo. Okay, that's it. You know what? Your dad was like, there was such a strong connection. I was sitting here for like the 15 minutes in between, and he was right there in my, in my ear, so he just wanted to be the be the first to, to let you know. Did you go back and change a career or something? Like, did you have one career and then go into a different one or go back to school or something? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's just like, yeah, he's just so, he just wants you to know that he's so proud of you. He's just so proud of you for uh, for doing that. Now, he's talking about two other people as well, too. I don't know if you've got two siblings or two kids or whatever. I have. But he just wants. I only have one sister, and the answer to your question about did I change careers, yes. I had started working with him as a courier. Uh, He owned a business, and uh, one of the businesses that was one of our stops was a laboratory, and I always wanted to get in, be a scientist, and the opportunity availed, and I basically left the family business and went and became a scientist, and this goes back 20 years ago. Wow, that's what he's talking about. And he just, uh, it just feels like he was, he was telling me that before, just how proud he is. Of, of doing that and just how and going back to okay he's going back to his father connection there again that that was the best part of him for crossing over was reconnecting with his dad with his dad on the other side you know real small town feeling there as well too so I don't know if your dad grew up small town or yeah or if it's, yeah that's, I don't think you I don't know if you did or not but um, anyway he's showing something about an old bicycle as well too so I don't know if you have a memory about an old bicycle or getting an old bicycle Mm. Anyways, he wants you to know that he loves you very much, and yeah, that he's really, really proud of you, and was really anxious to make a connection. Nice. You lost a friend too. It just feels like he had a, an, uh, an accent. You know, had a quick vision of what he looked like. Sometimes they just show me. Um, he had a balding head, and he had dark hair, and it kind of looked like it was long in the back. So I don't know if that helped you or not. Um, but uh, all I can see is that he had a vehicle accident. And it feels like it was really, really quick. He did lose a friend to an accident. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, I think you, I know you think about him. And that's it for everybody. You know what? When they just run through your thoughts or they just pop into your thoughts out of nowhere, that's their way. Just because you can't see them, they can see you. That's their way of letting you know that they're right there with you. You know, and you think, oh, why am I thinking about my dad all day today? It's because they're around. You know, it's because they're close by and he's just saying, just watch for those, watch for those moments. Are you buying a new vehicle or something? There's a thought of you getting a new vehicle. I'm swapping over my current summer vehicle to my winter Jeep. Okay, all right, that's what he was showing me. So it feels like both your dad and your friend are, are making a connection, uh, making a connection to you doing that as well, too. Yeah. I saw changing a license plate, so I don't know if you actually do that or not. They all want or a free ride, that's what it is. <laughs> all right, why don't we okay. get into some, some yeah, of the calls let's... here? We've got the lines are lit up, Kim, so. Okay, well, that gives you a little bit of uh, an idea of what oh, it is absolutely. that I do. So if they have a question, like a specific question, just because they have a moment with me. Sure, yeah, because we're going to be tight on time. We've got about 20 minutes left, and we've got all four open lines are, are just jam-packed. So let's get right into the first one. And uh, good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, you have... Hi, uh, this? My name's Nancy. Hi, Nancy. How are you tonight? Hi, thank you, Kim. How about you? Good, good. Um, I don't know, making a connection to an older woman that's around you right away, so you probably have a grandmother that's passed over? Yes, I do. Well, yeah, and I'm just making a connection to her, so she's just showing you as a little girl, I don't know if you knew her or not, but she just wants you to know that she's there, and like I was saying before, I think you get lots of thoughts of her. Oh. So she just wants you to know that she loves you very much. And oh, that she, thank you. So, yeah, she's got a baby in her arms, you know, so I think she lost an infant at some point. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, um, I'm not. But, okay, and it could be a miscarriage as well, too. I see that a lot, but it looks like a baby girl. Uh, or somebody in the family has, and I just see that, anyway, so there's an infant in her arm. Do you have a connection to England or Great Britain or? or no. <laughs> overseas? Okay, or are you going there? <laughs> Pardon me? No. Okay. There's no. some connection she showed me to, it looks like to Great Britain or Scotland or Ireland or something like that. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I thought maybe that's where she was from or where her family was from. Okay. Um, what, my family. My family's originally from um, Mashpee. Um, we're Native Americans. Oh, okay. All right. I'm seeing something. There's somebody here. There's some connection to Great Britain or to or to England or to overseas. What would you like to know? Um, I'd like to know um, about work. Okay. Um, I'm looking for work right now, and um, I'll be graduating in the um, in December. Okay. From UMass Dartmouth. Okay, so you're going to be looking for a job right after that. Is that right? I'm looking for work right now. <laughs> okay, well, I'm getting Aren't a span here. Of, uh, I'm getting I'm getting within the next six weeks. Ooh. So I'm getting within the next six weeks. It feels like you're going to make a make a connection, make a connection with the job. Also, watch for if a friend or somebody that you know gives you um, gives you a lead or tells you about some place that's hiring as well too. Um, just make sure. I'm just feeling from your grandmother that you should follow up on that lead. But it feels like within the next six weeks, it feels like you're on to uh, you're on to a job or a better position. Ooh, that'd be you know great. what? When you do get that job, you're in that job for about a year, year and a half. That I can feel, and it just feels like there's another position there for you, or a better job. I'll just say a better, a better job. And just keep in mind, anything out of the blue is always good. Okay. So yeah, so it feels like you make two quick jumps, and it feels like with the second job or position, you stay there. Do you have kids, or do you have a little girl yet, or anything like that? Or excuse me. Do you have do any you? kids? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I have two. Do you? Okay. Two girls. Me? I have two girls. Girls. Okay. Grandma's just talking about your daughters, about your girls, and she just wants you to know that she watches over, watches over both of them. Oh, I'm so glad. I don't know if they're both in school. Yeah, they're. <laughs> Pardon me, but uh, yeah, um, and it feels like one's quite young or little or something like that. So. Yes, I have so a um, younger daughter, about 21, and I have an older one at 25. Okay. All right. Well, she's just saying that there's something good. I don't know if she's going. To, uh, there's something good with her school with a younger girl, and it feels like she just got some good news or. Or good marks, or good something, but it feels like she's happy with herself, and there's some good. Yes, she is. You know what? Very good-hearted girl as well, too. I don't know one of them. It feels like it's going to go into a profession where she's helping people. Um, I don't know if it's teaching or wellness or anything like that. You know what? That's my uh, oldest daughter. She wants. Yeah, your oldest daughter. Okay, you know what? She's got a heart as big as the great outdoors. Oh, no, she does. After the thing, she's got a heart of gold. So, you know what? Easiest way to make a good life for yourself is going to a business where you're helping people. Because karma is just what you get, what you put into this life, you know? Yes, I know. I have have a charmed life. It's not because I'm a psychic. It's because I help people all day, right? So all I can see is that working out for it. It feels like one of them have a boyfriend as well. Yes. If that's the oldest girl or not. But there's a good feeling around a relationship or something about a boyfriend. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, he might just, school as She well. just went to um, Pennsylvania to see her um, boyfriend that um, she had a long time ago, and they just rekindled. Ah, okay, you know what? There's a good feeling. There's a good feeling right that. Now, I don't know if he's in school or has finished school, but there's something about an education feeling around that boy as well, too. Ah, great. But anyways, there's a, there's a good feeling around that relationship. Looks like they're good. Looks like they're both happy. I'm happy. Right, thank you very much for the call. Thank you. Take care, Tim. Have a good night. You Bye. All right, uh, we'll go right to the next call here. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Kim Dennis. How are you? Hello. Hi, who's this? Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you tonight? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. What can I do for you? Excuse me? I don't know if your mom's passed over or not. Right away, I'm making a connection to an older woman who's passed. Uh, Not my mother. Hey, and Um, it feels like she was quite elderly when she passed as well, too. Well, there's there's been a couple of people that have been older. All right, we'll yes. just see what she gets through some more information. Just right away, it feels like she was in her 80s. So it That's just feels correct. like she, she was older when she passed, and it just feels like you were very close to her at some point in your life. Yes. 
I don't know, she feels very maternal. I guess if she's not your mother, but she comes through as a very maternal feeling and just wants you to know that she's here and that she loves you very much. Like I said, I think you think about her often. You know, I think you might dream about her as well, too. So um, I don't know if you put out prayers or thoughts or whatever before you go to sleep at night. I kind of think you do because it feels like she comes to your bedside and it just sort of feels like she bends her ear, like she comes to listen. That's huh? good. Do you know a young fellow that passed as well, too? I get a young man here. Actually, no. you know what? No, hang on. You know what? It just feels like there's a military feeling here. I don't know. There was somebody who was a veteran. I just see that's with her. It just feels like he was wartime at some point. So oh, I don't know if you necessarily... My father. Your father? Okay. All right. I was going to say I don't necessarily think he passed in the war, but all I can see is that he served, he served overseas. Okay. Well, he's wanting you to know that he's your hand on his chest as well, too, um, and, and just want you to know that he's, that he's here for you as well. Is there a John or a Jack? I'm getting a, a strong J connection here to a gentleman. Not that I know of, no. Oh, okay. Well, somebody who's there with your dad. What, could, what would you like to know? Well, um, I'm not happy about the conditions of work, and um, I wonder if that's going to improve. Okay. So with the, you mean with the people that you're working with, is that right? Not exactly the people. It's just the circumstances. <clears throat> well, I see a lot of people talking at work, and it feels like they're sort of talking in circles and not getting anywhere. I don't think you get that. Well, that's impression. true. That yeah, is true. that's what it feels like, and it feels like sort of it's like spinning your wheels in the mud. You know, it's like worrying you to eat. It doesn't get you anywhere. So I can't, and, and you've kind of alluded to this, but I am getting a feeling that this has been going on for quite a while, and I, I, it doesn't feel like anything is sort of changing around that around that situation. It feels that's like uh, it feels like being underpaid as well, too. It feels well, like your dad's telling you that you're. Now, there's something about maybe uh, not working to your full earning potential as well, too. So, so anyways, you know what? Basically, in life, if something's not working out first, you know, start looking in a different direction. And you don't have to quit your job to look for another one. But I'd be encouraged to maybe start looking start looking somewhere else just because it feels like things aren't, things aren't really going to change anytime soon at work. That's the way you I feel. You work with a lot of people. Do you do customer service or anything? Uh, no. Actually, I'm in um, teaching. Teaching? So it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, I just thought lots of people or whatever. It was just a quick thought of you interacting with uh, interacting with people. So I don't know who's running that ship or whatever, but I don't know. It just feels like um, uh, that that maybe looking for a, a different situation might be the better thing for you. Right. All right. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Anyways, your dad just wants you to know. Mm, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying thank you for the call. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good night. All right, let's go right to the next one because they are lighting up. But if you'd like to get in, if you if there is an open line, 508-996-0500, Just want to stress for everybody that if you are interested in talking to Kim on a one-on-one basis, you can find out about how to do that on clairvoyantkim.com. And and you book all your all you you book readings with people all over the world, right? They don't they don't have to be just local to you, right? No, I do. I do in-person readings here in Calgary, but certainly not everybody's in Calgary. So I do telephone readings, absolutely. And I have. I've read for people in every corner of the world, including Greenland, if you can believe it. Wow. So there you go. So clairvoyantkim.com is the website. All right. We got somebody on the line there. And Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Kim Dennis. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. Hi. How are you tonight? Wait, I'm getting a psychic impression. Your name is Luann. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're good. Ah, Kim, you're out of business. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hello, hi. Is this, this is Luann, is it? Hi, yes, it is. How hi. are you, Kim? 
Good. How are you? Doing well. Good. Good. You know, uh, if you're thinking about a holiday or a vacation, was the first thought that came up. Anyways, it feels like there's a bit of a holiday or vacation feeling coming for you. Wow, you're the second one that said that to me. I guess I better pack my bag. Yeah, so it feels like there's a, a situation coming up, and it feels like going with two other people. Hmm. So, and it feels like that's uh, coming up before the end of the year. So what would you like to know? Hmm, just general, whatever you got. Uh, do you have a question? Do you have a question for me? Anything particular you want to know? Hmm. Um, well, I'm wondering if some recent activity has ended now, and I'm wondering how my book will do, if that's... Not too many questions. Oh, you've, you've written a book, is that right? Um, it's close to finished. Um, well, it, I don't know. I don't know if you're seeking out a publisher or whatever, but the thing about a book is like you need a really awesome, awesome marketing strategy, and it just feels like you might not have that in place yet. So, no, um, how I would haven't you, even I, gotten how would, that far yet. So. No, okay. Well, that's what I'm picking up as well. So. So they're just showing me it's kind of a bit of a logical thing, but also I'm, I'm getting that impression that you don't have that in place. So, so that is something that you're really going to have to, to look into because even if you have an incredible book, if you don't have a good marketing strategy, you're going to have a basement full of incredible books. So um, I don't know if you're looking at a publisher or not. I sort of see you shying away from that. But if you do, I guess most of them are in New York, but I'm making a connection to the New York to New York, but the New York area is where I'm coming by today. Okay, so it just has to do with uh, with marketing around the book. You are pretty much done. I don't know if you're about three-quarters of the way through or two-thirds of the way through. And I guess like everybody, you're going through pockets of writing. Sometimes you're writing, and I see it going back and doing some writing. So I don't know. I'm getting a, a feeling that there's a feeling of some sort of completion around spring of next year, so I don't know if you see it that way or not. But uh, they're saying just really focus on uh, focus on your marketing strategy. And I also think that there's a holiday coming for you as well, too, and it feels like you're traveling with two other people, and it might be two girlfriends. So watch for that, and it just feels like you're encouraged, you're being encouraged to go on that holiday or to go on that trip. Not, okay. By not just one medium, but two now. So. Oh, well, then it's got to be true. <laughs> uh, I'm Absolutely. packing my bags. You're headed out with the twins. <laughs> oh, no. All right, and on that oh, note, boy. thank you for calling. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great night. All right, have a good one. Now, Moniz, you, you didn't mean one of their their uh, their long journeys that they take. Uh... No, no. Okay, no. all right. All right. <laughs> the twins are two uh, two friends of Matt's uh, Cam, who are frequent abductees. So we don't want her to go oh, on what? that trip with them. They are alien abductees. Uh... Really? Yeah. So we don't yeah. want her to go on that trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. I'll keep my feet on the ground, but I find that incredibly fascinating. I'd love to talk to somebody, too. I can uh, hook you up with plenty of them. I've been yeah, you studying can hook it. me up with that? I, I can hook you up with plenty of them. I've been studying it for about 20 years. So I Is know. that right? Yeah. I find it incredibly fascinating. Incredibly fascinating, but no, incredibly little about it. But would love to. Um, I would love to channel it, you know, to something different like that, be able to. Sit and just see what came through. I don't know. I don't make any guarantees. Just see what would come through with somebody. We'll save that for another show. Like, Absolutely. Like yeah. We'll definitely talk about it in the future. But, but yeah, no, I think that would be interesting. Let's get back to uh, our phone-ins because uh-huh. our phones are lit up like a Christmas tree. I haven't seen this many green lights since uh, Moniz drove me here. All right. Well, you know what I hate to say, but that's what happens when I do radio shows oh, and stuff sure. like that. I know you guys don't know me down there, but I'm a big deal up in Canada. 
<laughs> well, and but not only that, you've demonstrated right from the outset here with, with Matt Moniz that uh, oh, yeah. that you are making connections. So once they yeah. hear it, they they're going to call in anyway. All right. Okay. You're, you're on Spooky South Coast with Kim Dennis. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks. Hello, Kim. Hi. How are you tonight? Doing well. Good. Who's this? Kathy. Hi, Kathy. It must be your night for writers because my question is about a book too. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yes. You're writing a book, are you? Well, it's pretty much done, but uh, I'd, I'd really like to get thick. it published. I feel like it's—I feel like it's really thick. I don't know. I feel like it's really big or it's really thick. I don't know. I get a real heavy feeling. So I don't know if the manuscript is really big or not. Hmm. Yeah. And are you just having it edited, or are you having somebody else edit it or go through it? Not at this point, no. Okay. Well, they're showing me that 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 might be the next step for you. Mm-hmm. So and it just feels like somebody going over it and sort of critiquing it is probably probably editing it. Okay. I'm seeing a big book. I don't know if that's what you're writing or not. I'm just seeing a thick book. What would you like to know? I uh, wonder if I'm going to get it published, basically, or any changes, anything coming up in my life. Um. Yeah, you know what? Your book has potential. Your book has potential. I saw. I don't know if it, I just see a thick book and I see a really dark cover on it. It just feels like it has like gold leaf on it or a gold image or any or something like that. Hmm. So I don't know. You haven't got that far yet. I guess is that right? So, yeah, I'm not um, that far yet. But yeah, and and I think what's crucial is having somebody sort of critique, edit your book. Mm-hmm. So and they're saying that if you're going to, if you want to get it published, they're saying spend the money to get that done because I feel like that makes a huge difference on whether you get a publisher or not. Hmm. Okay, that's okay. Oh yeah, I recommend so you power two books. Have you written two books? Well, yes, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah I've written a couple. Okay, all right. Okay, and I don't know if your dad's passed over. Now I'm getting a little man coming through here. A little man with a little balding head. So. I don't know who that sounds like a dad or a grandfather, but uh, I can see him, and he's just saying that uh, he's just showing me that you've written both those books, and he thinks both of them are are, are very good. Uh huh. So, have you written fiction? Have you written like a period piece or something like that? Yes. Have you? Okay. Yeah. You know, it has lots of appeal. Lots of appeal to women, and I would think about maybe Hampton House or Hampton Rose or Hampton House. Mm-hmm. Looking at one of my books, but uh, I'm sort of getting that feeling. And if I'm right about that, they're in they're in Virginia. I'm getting Virginia, so it's a publisher in Virginia. It's a publisher in Virginia. Okay, but I don't think you're quite ready there yet. And I don't know. It feels like you may have that ready to go if you're diligent by next June. Uh huh. Something happens around next June. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Where, where do we go next, Matt? You're in charge of the phones. All right. Sure. Good evening here on Spooky South Coast with Kim Dennis. How are you? Hi. Good evening. Hi. Hello? Uh, you want to start with my name? Yes, please. Okay. My name is Kathy. Oh, hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Thank you. Good. Uh, good. Question around females past, those somebody that had passed in my family, children, females in my, children, in my family. Cutting out a little bit, I'm sorry. Huh? I'm sorry, but it's cutting out a little bit. Can you repeat your question? I said uh, uh, females in my family, those that have passed, and and my children that are very close to me. Okay, what would you like to... um, Was there... I I guess there was a woman who had... Do you know a woman who had breast cancer or cancer in the chest or something like that? Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't know if that's your mom or not, but it just feels like she's coming through. Um, I just see her with shorter hair. I don't know if that's to do with treatment or anything like that, but she's trying to make a, trying to make a connection with you. And there's an older woman with her as well, too, who may have passed of some condition with a head like a stroke or something like that. 
But anyway, she's here, and um, she's giving you a big hug, and she just wants you to know that she's close by. But did she, did she, who smokes or had smoking-related illness or, or connected to a smoking death? A death? My death. Pardon me? You, did you say a death, a smoking death? Yeah, it was sort of connected to smoke. I don't know if it was lung cancer, emphysema, or whatever, but it had father, to do with somebody who smoked a lot. My dad was emphysema. Your dad. Okay, all right. So he's coming through here as well. So I don't know if the lady was your mother or not, but I just see the two of them the two of them together. Um, just just again, you know what, your dad is just sort of giving you a big hug. I don't know if you're an only daughter or you're a baby or whatever, but it just feels like he just wants to pull you close and just wants you to know that he loves you very, very much. Who was really thin, like really, really thin, just naturally thin lady? I don't know if that's you or if that's your mom or, or whatever, but I'm just making a connection to a lady here where I can just see an image of her and she's really, really thin. That's my granddaughter. That, pardon me? My granddaughter's very, very thin. Very, very thin. Okay. All right. All I can see is that uh, it just feels like this woman that I'm channeling is sort of putting like an afghan, like a warm blanket around her, try to keep her, try to keep her warm. I don't know. You may have dreamt. Um, was it, is there a is there a young person who's passed over that you're maybe looking for as well too, like a young adult male? No. Well, and I'm just almost making a connection to maybe a suicide passing. No, nothing at all. Okay. All right. Well, it just feels like there's a young man, and I may be connecting to this young girl who's passed. It would have been just feels like a suicide passing. But there's nothing. Um, there's no. Okay. Right, conflict with. Uh, and my daughter, who is older, she's 37. Okay. All right. And she was the one that was really, really thin. Is that right? No. Okay. Well, my, making... my granddaughter is very thin. She's the size very one. Thin. I'm talking about her mom. Her mom my is daughter. that right? She's okay. going through some tough times right now, and I just didn't see. If you could see Did she just end a relationship, or there's something about her getting out of the relationship? No, not a relationship. No. Is that right? So I don't know if she is or if she should or something like that. But there's no. something about she needs. There's something about uh, something about not being in a good a good relationship. So I don't know if it's that daughter or not. But I'm getting a, or if that's your granddaughter. But somebody needs to get out of a relationship that's not good for not good for her. You don't see nothing. Anyways, just making a connection to your dad, and I guess your mom and to uh, to that young person has passed over, and I just want you to know that they're there and that they're that they're close by. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Thank night. You. All right, we have about four minutes until the news break, and well, I think we can probably push it and take one more call, Kim. Is that good for you? Okay. You okay. know what? Before I was talking, when I was channeling your friend's uh, dad and stuff like that, I was picking up two people in a house fire. I, I should have said, uh, I don't know if any of your listeners or whatever is looking for it. It's a little bit of a different passing over, unfortunately. But I was picking up two people in a house fire. So, so if, if anybody's email... I don't know if there's anybody there in the room. All right, let's squeeze one more in. And, uh, but in, in case we don't get a chance, we'll mention it one more time. Clairvoyantkim.com is the website if you'd like to get a full reading with Kim or if you want to find out about her upcoming lecture in Fall River next weekend. And, uh, is that Friday or Saturday that that lecture will be? Monday. It's Monday the 19th. Oh, okay. Even better. So you've got, uh. I can't remember the name of the place. You know, what a dork. I'm psychic. But, uh, um, um, but it is, it is on the website and it's on the Fall River Historical Society. Uh, website as well. Too. All right. All right. One final call. You're going to be the last call for the night. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hello. Um, Hi. Who's this? I'm call, uh, Dixie. I'm Hi, calling Dixie. about How my fine. I'm calling about my younger daughter. She went through an awful tragedy this week, and I think you kind of may be picking up on me. Uh, she lost everything in the house fire this week. I was just wondering how she's going to make out. That's it. You know what? I had that. 
I had that feeling before when I was meditating. Yeah, it, happened, up. it happened this past Thursday. She's oh, everything. is that right? Okay. I just wondered right. how she's going to make out. You know, She's going to be fine. So everybody was okay. Is that right? Well, one passed. One died from smoke inhalation. She was a Down syndrome uh, woman. She was 51. And it was her landlady's niece that didn't make it. You know what? Yeah, I was picking up that. I was, I was not funny, and you're the last caller. I'm so glad that I, that I said that. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably picking up that young woman. I thought there were two people that passed, actually, was my original yeah. thought. Yeah, no one two people. She was the only one. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know if there were two people in the house. Well, they were or, or a three, it? was a three tenement, but uh, she passed, and her aunt had a mild heart attack through this, and yeah, everybody right? else got okay. out all right, you know. But Okay. My daughter you know, lost. No, making a connection to that. Yeah. I don't know if your parents are passed over, but there was this other yeah. two people who were coming through. Yeah, and we're just acknowledging that they knew that your daughter was connected to that house fire and... I guess just very grateful that she's uh, that she's okay. Yes, thank you. That so she's much. okay. Yeah, she'll be okay. I mean, she's well, traumatized about so. it. She needs I to worry talk about, about her. Pardon me. I just worry about her. You know, yeah, just okay, yeah, all okay. over she again. To, you know. Okay. okay, honey. You know what? She needs to talk about it. Is what she needs to do. She needs to talk about it. So uh, whether it's with you or with with professionals, you know, that's the thing. When we keep these things inside, that's when they fester and we have she problems. Will. So, you know, and really, you know, just focus on, you know, the fact that she's okay. Oh, yeah. And that she got the heck out. And I know that you're very grateful for that. I am. Focus on that. Focus on that. Stuff can be replaced. And I do see, and this is the way people are. People are good. I do see people flocking around her and giving her some help and assistance. Oh, that's wonderful. This was accidental, it feels like. I don't know if they got to the bottom of it. Yeah. So it just feels like carelessness. I don't know if they got determined or not. They claim it was an overloaded, one of those bar... um, The power surge trips? Yeah. 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 Yeah, You know what? what All I can see is that it was probably neglect, but certainly wasn't arson or anything like that. No, it wasn't. I said two... Was there not a gentleman that passed in that fire as well, too, in another building? Uh, The landlady's son had passed two years ago from cancer. He lived in the house. You know what? I think I'm picking him up. His name is Michael. And... uh, yeah, okay, well, I just, I'm glad that your daughter got out and that yes, she's safe. But you know what? I had that about a house fire, so I'm glad I said that just before right. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. And I hope oh, everything goes well for your thank daughter. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, so we are just about out of time. Kim, thank you very much. Kim mm-hmm. Dennis, clairvoyantkim.com, and we'll talk to you more in the future. Perfect. All right, take care, and maybe we'll catch Thanks. up while you're in town. Yes, that'd be terrific. All right, have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, have a good night. Bye-bye. So until next time... From Matt Costa, from Matt Moniz, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. AM 1420, it's WPSM. Wants to make your ass. Or at least... Until yesterday begins again, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.